Ben Wodecki, welcome to right, Executive how Talk. You? How are you, my brother? I am very well. Thank you very much for having me. How are you, sir? I am great. Thank you so much. It's so good for you. To, it's, it's so good to see you again. Uh, we met like, I don't know, two years ago, was it already? Um, and yeah. you were, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I believe when, when we met, you had super short hair and you were wearing a crazy bright blue three-piece suit with what color were your shoes purple yellow green uh, my, no my shoe no they they were the famous black shiny shoes they they come with me to every conference uh they still fit um uh they they've been through the wars but they're, they're still available they're still going yes that's amazing that's amazing how's how's the uh I feel corona... like I... you what I feel a lot different now. Who else can say? That? I really need that haircut to go back. That that length of hair is just something. I don't know. I think uh, I think it looks good on you. I think it's. You I think know. I'm desperate. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that means coming from you. That means a lot. <laughs> so, How so are... to answer your question, Corona's been. Uh, Corona's been okay. Yeah, it's been, it's been okay. I don't. I don't. It's. It's different. Everyone's in the same boat. I'm not the only one, so it's it's great. I'm, I'm just right. carrying on from home and and you're, and you're keeping going. In, uh, How about yourself? In, uh, How are you finding things? London, right? You're based in London. Yes. Okay. So we're so um my team are in we're in obviously in central, and I'm living uh, just outside of London on the Kent border. So basically everywhere in this small town is is commute. What would have been commuters. So everyone's just kind of locked in their homes. So it's everyone's in the same situation near where I'm from. Got it. Uh, so are, are people like, are people taking this seriously? Like what, uh, like what, like what's the vibe over there that's going on? So from my perspective, I'm being sensible and all of my <laughs> the people I know and speak to are sensible. I can't speak for the rest of the place. You know, I, um, I, there I are a lot of problems. You want. Is, it, is this helpful? <laughs> I, I don't somehow I don't think that's the virus we'll be getting from this conversation. Maybe uh, maybe another link for a computer virus. But um, yeah. I, I feel there are a lot of people not being sensible in the UK. Um, photos from uh, definitely look up Bournemouth Beach uh, Beachfront the other last week. I think it was it was horrendous. Really? Honestly, there are some real issues, and I don't think we're out of the wars yet. We're easing things here, as I know you guys are easing stuff, but. Yeah. yeah, I think it's just going to be coming back sometime soon. Well, are, you, are you in Israel right now, or are you? I am actually in um, Israel. I don't know right what happened now. there. <laughs> are you, are you uh, in Israel at the moment? I am in Israel right now at the okay. moment, uh, and I don't seem to be going anywhere anytime fast. They uh, the travel right now has is create is slow down. Um, there are very few flights coming in. There are very few flights coming out. Uh, Israel has been taking some major precautions in lockdown type um, um, activities in order to help, you know, keep this spread down. Um, and they've been doing a really good job mm -hmm. here um, all in all, um, you know, and like the numbers have been like dropping uh, the, um, the Corona wards in the um, hospitals have been clearing out. 
And then, uh, you know, over the past few weeks, there's been a new resurgence, I guess, as people started thinking that, oh, this thing is over, it's going to pass, you know, let's just get back to life. And then you're just, and then before you know it, you have people who are getting sick again. So we're all, look, we're all, um, you know, we're all being um, careful. Uh, you know, we're, on, we're doing our best to, to uh, stay safe and practice, practice social uh, distancing. Um, you know, and, uh, we're just, you know, hopefully this thing will pass soon and we'll get to go on and continue all the things that we're, you know, we're part of. Um, but one of the things that, you know, I took, um, advantage of during this time was I was like, you know what, I want to, I want to talk to my friend, Ben. Um, I want to get online. I want to start making videos, <laughs> um, you know, and so this, <laughs> this project has been, you know, so it's been great to start this whole um, 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 executive talk podcast, um, you know, in, in order to, you know, to bring, you know, bring people together who are business like um, um, entrepreneurs, people who are involved with, you know, a whole variety of, um, of business type things and get a chance to learn from each other and share with one another and kind of really get a chance to just talk and see, you know, mm -hmm. and see what's, uh, what's going on. So yeah, it, it sounds I saw I heard your conversation with, uh, with Rachel, Rachel Miller, uh, Carrie Miller, sorry, Carrie, terrible Carrie, names, yeah. as you know, uh -huh. and Kerry, <laughs> I on I can't I can't even get my own name right sometimes, um, but it, it it seems like a sensible decision. I mean, at the moment we're all lops away, and we're all apart. So the only way we can kind of come back together is through things like this. And and I think what you guys, what you yourself has set up is 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 perfect. It's wonderful. Well, you know, it's all about the microphone, and so I seem to be doing fine with that. So I'm okay. <laughs> Excellent. I got mine hidden. I got mine hidden away. So it's there. It's good. That's the main thing. I think microphone sales company companies uh, uh, must have seen an absolute profit over the last few weeks. <laughs> uh, probably, um, Ben. So tell me, tell me a little bit about uh, yourself. You were, you are, you work in PR. You currently work for. Um, uh, um, I'm blanking on the name. Um, you used to work for IP Pro. That much I know. And then now you work for intellect. Uh, yeah, so I'm a I'm a journalist at Intellect Property. Okay, cool. Uh, IP, so IP what magazine. do you guys focus on? What do you do? Like, what's your area of um, um, expertise? Yeah, so we are an intellectual property uh, product that I spend my entire day going through court documents, trademark filings, patent filing. Sounds so exciting. It's all sorts. <laughs> it sounds dull. <laughs> It, it, no, that it sounds dull, but I don't think there's been a, a role or that I'm aware of where you can write about one minute, like take my last Thursday, for example, one minute I'm writing about the shape of water. The next minute uh, I'm writing about um, transgenic mice and protect innovations re relating to that. It's such yeah. a diverse area of, of, of industry and, and innovation that there's so many topics and, and, and kind of writing about that is... Is, is a breath of fresh air because one minute you're done with the story, ah, I'm fine, I'm done. And the next minute you've got something completely different that's that's held together by like this loose concept of, of protection. It's, it's a really interesting world. And I'm a, a, a company called Informa that owns the product, which is, you know, one of the largest uh, events and uh, publishing companies in the world. Yeah, They've got offices all over the world. They run like the Monaco Boat Show. 
and and all sorts of of, of really sizable events and, and publications. Uh, Lloyd's List, for example, the biggest shipping and maritime product out there. But it's to have all the different products together, and yet we all feel we all feel we can work with one another and, and kind of cooperate and, and get on. It's it's absolutely crazy. So so yeah, I'm 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 enjoying it. <laughs> That's awesome. I love um, um, IP. Uh, just like just the concept um, of it. There's mm-hmm. so much innovation that's going on in this world. And one of the things that I actually really appreciate uh, working in marketing is that I get to talk to uh, and learn from so many innovators and um, um, entrepreneurs who are bringing so many amazing um, ideas to life you know that 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 impact us on a regular day um and this this con this um whole world of um um um, ip in my mind is super exciting and super interesting and there's so much that we can learn from and take away from in order to be able to apply it you know both practically but also conceptually in so many different ways so i think i you know i love what you do Thank you, Aaron. I want to ask you because obviously you've been you you know you and I have worked in the same industry. Yeah. How how have you found kind of writing and and kind of coming up with content in in such a a really niche industry that I'm, I'm sure like myself, you know, you've got to handle stuff. How have you kind of like so got it, it really depends your content? On- Right. Um, so it really depends on how you position yourself and who you're talking to. One of the main components of marketing, no matter what industry, you know, putting IP aside for a second, but it doesn't, you know, no matter what industry you're talking to, what matters is who who are the people that you care to read what you're writing about. So in um, 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 IP, some of the challenges that uh, I that I worked with. Now again, now I worked in uh, I worked for an, an IP company for a couple of years as their director of marketing, um, and the challenges that you face are so you could either write about cool um, updates and technology innovations and new things that are going on, um, you know, and that's definitely one that's definitely one approach to have. And then you're just the challenge though is that you're just another voice in this big world of everyone who's just writing about, uh, you know, the same updates, um, Apple's new, uh, new, uh, phone that, that they're, that they're coming out. Um, 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 IBM's new technology, Samsung's new, this, you know, Facebook's that, you know, and like, there's so many things that, that are, that are, that you're talking about. And so, um, the, you know, and so the challenge was how do you find something that resonates to, the general public, as well as to the people who actually handle IP, right? Now, mm-hmm. you you can't pretend to be an IP um, um, attorney because I'm not, and I'm going to fa- sound foolish trying to pretend like, yes, and the latest, you know, uh, law update is telling us that IP's restriction, and they're going to laugh in my face because they're like, who are you? You've been to events, you, you know how exactly how I feel. I'm like, uh, I, I, feel so, I feel like a sheep in a herd of cows. It's, it's yeah. so difficult to kind of, to, to make your voice kind of feel necessary at times, but also... Yeah that you value and the information you're providing is of, is of value to those professionals. Yeah. So what I love most, especially about in the world of um, 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 IP is 
Yes, one, one approach is to accumulate all the information that's going on and then just become another source provider of, of info. That's definitely one way to do it. And I know many businesses who run their LinkedIn uh, business pages like that, where they just, you know, they just grab a whole bunch of content from all over, you know, the place and they, you know, they put, you know, they... Uh, keep it in one in one spot, and they become a source of info, whether it's theirs or not, just to stay relevant. But the part that I found specifically for um, um, IP, and this is true with any um, um, industry, is that there's there's the thing that the that you're talking about, the newest uh, technology, uh, you know, um, AI, AR, whatever, you know, the actual thing that's coming along. And then there's the piece that I find that people really want to know about that resonates with people is how does it impact me? And what is the, what's just like underneath the layer of like what this product is, right? A whole new um, 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 AR system that allows you to, you know, the military to, you know, map out battlefield. Okay. That's a, that's great. But now take it down one notch what does it mean to apply a technology like that to something so significant right i work for um i work for uh sorry i have a client who is in the um ar um industry augmented uh, reality and they create mm -hmm. technology that they provide to firefighters fighter pilots military doctors okay as an example and one of the things that they do is firefighters apply this technology to map out smoke-filled buildings when going in for, you know, for a rescue, how to identify where people exist and how to maneuver through the building that they are not able to see in. Now, if I was just an IP updater, I would I would talk about this, you know, you know, firefighters using this technology and it's amazing because they're, you know, changing the face of what, you know, fire safety could be. But the underlying theme there which I think resonates is how does that impact not only that circumstance where, you know, the firefighters are able to save, you know, to save more lives, but practically how could that adapt to a greater um, audience of a greater um, appreciation and practicality for us that we could learn what's happening and, you know, and pay attention uh, uh, to that. And I think that when talking about IP, it's not so much about the general update, but it's being able to rub away at the surface and to talk about a little bit more of the, um, the um, application and appreciation for what that has and when you're able to pinpoint your voice into you know into that aspect of it then you're going to get people listening to what you have to say left and right because you're you're offering them something which is valuable that they're not getting from normal mainstream media does that make sense mm -hmm. yeah of course it, it's, it's something that that is difficult to kind of come into as well when you've got you've got to try and work out that angle through content like going through a document a filing document an application for a, a patent or or whatever you've got to work out okay you've got to understand the actual piece of paper in front of you or, the, or the, the court case in front of you but then you've got to kind of disseminate that information and nine times out of ten that's what takes the longest in terms of writing the content uh, in in the spe specific industry that you and I have worked in right um so for example uh taking a supreme court case in the U.S. which is like kind of a certain love of mine i love scotus cases 
but then reading, okay, this is the decision, but then hang on a minute. What's it going to mean for, you know, an attorney here or, or, a, or a trademark licensee? It's, yeah. it's like you say, it's finding what is relevant to them rather than just regurgitating the content and yeah. saying this well, happened, I, this happened, this happened. Yeah, hundred percent. Look, like I'll give you a great example. Recently there was a, there was a case brought to the Supreme court. There was a trademark, right. That wanted to apply for, for a trademark. There, sorry, there was a brand who wanted to apply for a trademark and the brand's name was F-U-C-T, right? Yes, uh, Brunetti. Yeah, love that yes, case. <laughs> correct, right? And basically, and and they, they applied for their trademark. Their trademark got rejected and they appealed to the Supreme Court and they said, this is not, you know, like this is not right, not fair. And ultimately the Supreme Court said, okay, you can have your, your trademark. But the implication of what this, you know, of what this story represents is, you know, there is a very fine line there of vulgar that, you know, that they're trying to push the boundaries. And if mm. this if this line is going to get crossed here, what does that mean as far as future lines that are going to get crossed as we continue to push that boundary again and again? And how would how is that going to impact our society, our culture and really like the values that our kids are going to be exposed to? Because when you have. Um, you know, when you have that trademark shirt selling in every single store down the street, right? That's, that's not necessarily, look, I, you know, I, I'm happy to curse with the rest of them. You know, I don't, you know, that's fine. <laughs> but like, I'd but, happily you know, own that t-shirt. Uh... There's a certain, st- <laughs> I would buy five of those t-shirts. Um, but, uh, but, you know, but there's, but there's a certain boundary that you need, that you need to create. And so when you know so for me it's really it's 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 what is the underlying story that um you know that that plays in, into practice here that's going to be on everyone's minds once it becomes public you know and that stuff and so i think you know that's where really where i believe the true value comes in and not just for ip specifically but really for all industries um that are niche in that regard, you know, medical accounting, you know, law, whatever, you know, whatever happens to be high tech, um, etc. Oh, there's some, there's some fun ones. I think my favorite one I've come across was, uh, international battery monthly or weekly or something, you know, there's some real niche areas, but there's an audience for it. There's, there's, and you and I are in, (laughs) you and I are in a niche audience of people talking about, storytelling and and brand management and and all sorts yep. so you know like you said there's something for you know there's something for everyone that's right um you and i you me. and i have traveled a lot yes oh no no you go you go ahead no i was no, going to say about say. traveling because so, go you first <laughs> thank you aaron you're a gentleman i'm so sorry um i obviously you and i met in in seattle <laughs> two years ago or last year or, Boston. yeah it Boston. <laughs> See, even I don't know. <laughs> um, and obviously, you came to London. Yeah. We had a great time in the, a proper English pub. And um, how how do you say how? Which was quite an entertaining uh, evening. How how do, how could be a story for tra- time, but it's okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. How how have you find like traveling and 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 obviously moving about from from place to place, impacting? kind of the work that, that you've been doing? I love travel primarily for the sake of getting to learn and explore 
people and cultures that I'm not exposed to on a regular basis. Um, I love being able to get to a place and just walk the streets and see the buildings and hear people talk. Um, and also because um, the more that you learn, the more that you could apply to my own life. Like I have, you know, I work with clients all around the world. I speak all around the world. I, I meet with people all around the world. Um, and some of the you know, there, look, I am definitely, I do not pretend to be, you know, an expert and proficient in, you know, in culture and understanding, you know, people and societies, but I know enough, I have enough human intelligence to know um, how to um, interact with people, what, you know, appropriate things to say versus not say, um, you know, and these, and, um, and these are things that you learn and that you, you could apply to your every day. Putting that aside, though, um, I love it because it also opens me up to a whole new world of, of being able to apply my knowledge to help people that I work with. Um, and so I love, you know, I love it. I love getting to see other places. I love getting to meet other people, talk to people from all around the world, you know, um, and being able to share that back and forth um, with you know, anyone who wants to pay attention. <laughs> Sadly, it was me. <laughs> this time it was you. I'm sorry, man. You're, you're stuck with me this time. Hey, I'm, hey, I haven't left you yet, so it's all good. <laughs> there we go. Um, I have a question. For, I have a question for you. You were talking about mm -hmm. storytelling. Mm -hmm. um, now, you that you that, that's what you do. I mean, you work in PR. PR is essentially you are a professional storyteller. Um, because it's important for you when you're creating content um, that you engage with your readers in a way that inspires them and that engages them to want to know what's happening and be able to, you know, carry that on or else you would be out of the job, right? If you, if you didn't have an active um, um, audience. What would you say are the key components to a good storyteller? Or, I sorry, would say to, to, to tell it to telling a good story. Okay, I would say the audience is is is, is your lifeblood. You've got to under, not just understand them, but understand what they want to read. It helps if you talk to them, but if you can't, if you're in a situation where you can't, I'd say if you've got a piece of content in front of you, you have to be the gatekeeper. I can't remember the philosopher or psychologist that said the invented the term uh, gatekeeping. But essentially, you are opening and closing information to an audience which that would potentially could impact them. So for my industry, uh, if I choose not to cover a case for whatever reason, that's my decision that I, I would make because I'd say this wouldn't in, this would or wouldn't impact my audience for, for whatever reason. I don't think it's relevant to them. Uh, and because there are so many other titles, they can say, okay, Okay, we're going to do this, but for for me personally, I'd say it's actually taking the time to learn what your audience needs and what they want to want to understand from from a certain piece of content. That is that is key. You can't tell a story to somebody, or you can't write a piece of content without understanding the kind of basis of what they want to hear, because otherwise they're just going to go somewhere else, well, and they're going to go. How do you, anyway, how do you pull that out? I think, in other words, 
how do you pull that out of understanding what they want to hear? Like, how do you, how do you, is there a step process? Is there a thought process that you go through? Yeah. So, so as someone who came into an industry where I have absolutely no idea or had, I probably still don't, uh, any idea what I'm, I'm talking about, I made a point of contacting professionals in my industry who I've never met before and kind of, we met for coffee, we kind of just went out and about and had had drinks, whatever, just kind of understanding their area of expertise, uh, kind of questioning them and saying like, okay, what is it you normally read? And like, how, what do you want? Because a lot of people are moving digital now. So it's it becomes increasingly difficult to sell content in a digital format, in an audio only format, in a video call format like you and I are doing right now. And understanding their needs just simply through talking to them rather than saying this is our product consume it because the old adage of build it and they will come i don't think applies to storytelling i think you've got to have somebody who knows that you've got to know what they want in order for them to come to what you've built right. i think that's that's probably my, my main point Interesting. And you have to know how to, how to present it in a way that makes them interested to want to, you know, want to learn more about it. Yeah, um, of course. I think pr present uh, presentability in terms of writing is, is, is half the battle. You've got to understand what to put where. And even I'd say a life or death situation in, in writing is akin to moving one piece of information further or higher, further or lower down in a piece. It, it, right. I spend most of my day arguing where I should put one line for goodness sake, but, but, but that, that's, that's how the importance of it, that's where it, it comes in. How, from the marketing side of things, how, how do you kind of deal with, with, with telling stories? Because obviously you're, you're, you're telling a brand story or an entity story story yeah so oh, from 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 journalists to differs, i just want to see how you do that so a smart brand will know that the success of their brand is about how well they can tell their their story and their story is mm -hmm. not like oh how we got started their story applies to really the mission of what they're looking to do and what they're trying to accomplish, right? And you have to be able to formulate that clearly because you have a lot of people who go into business because it's a good business um, um, idea, right? And they're like, yes, I can sell a lot of this thing. And so I'm going into business. Okay, that's fine. You know, do that, be successful. That's great. A smart brand will know and understand that, uh, that their brand goes way beyond their product and how they deliver that product and everything that's associated with their brand is part of how they tell their, their story. Um, and so what I do, someone once, uh, once coined me the brand psychologist, um, because what I do is when I, when I sit down with, um, with a, a brand to learn about them, I just start asking a lot of questions and I get them to talk and I, and I, I, I pay attention and I listen and I just, I want them to tell me again and again and again what they're about, why they're working, who they want to be impacting, why they want to impact those people, right? And really get a real sense of what they're doing and why they're doing it. And that's the big, that's the big part here, why. Um, and, then mm -hmm. you, and then the challenge is really to take that info and to present it into a way that their audience 
cares, right? Because it's not just about getting people to buy your product, okay? It I mean, obviously it depends on what the products that you're looking to sell and whatever. So I, I'm not a, I'm not talking about like a you know a plastic cup company, yeah. for, for example, right? Um, but a smart brand will know how to take all the pieces of what they're involved with, right? Everything from their mission statement to their staff, to their service, to their products, and to and to present it in a way that gets people to say, you know what, that's the company that I wanna work with. That's the company I wanna buy from. That's the company that I wanna see stock on my shelves or playing in my, you know, in, you know, in my technologies. Um, that's that. Those are the companies that will really uh, that will really push the boundaries of what success is all about because they care, right? They may not tell you this um, um, out loud, but a smart brand knows that successful branding incorporates um, believing and and investing in their audiences. And that's, and that's like a funny thing to, to actually think about, right? Uh, that a brand cares to invest in their audience, but you know, the same, you know, but like without them, you don't have a product. If people are not buying from you, they're not, you know, you don't have a business. And so from your first interaction from an email they get or a phone call with you or, you know, a customer rep or online on your website, whatever it happens to be, that's all part of your brand and that all has to be connected to being able to tell your story in the way that makes sense for the people who want to listen and engage with it especially uh, that's a, a really interesting point considering the the social revolutions and, and and changes we will find ourselves in i mean csr corporate social responsibility is probably apart from surviving the viral pandemic is probably the highest thing on the, on the list for, for most brands and for, for most businesses and, and, and kind of confining and, and altering and uh, changing perceptions because of, of those changes, you know, you've got to keep your brand, as you say, uh, you you can't just like, like you can't just tell the story. You have to conform and say this is this is right if you if you can't just do it to tick a box (laughs) yeah 100 percent. and like when you're building a strategy one of the things that we suggest is that like for example um you have many companies who say so okay so i'll just run some facebook ads and i'll you know i'll do lead generation out of those facebook ads and that's great and the comment is look any joe schmo could run facebook ads how does running facebook ads tell the customer that you're trustworthy that you're honest, that you're reputable, that you know that you know you'll deliver on what on what you're representing. Being running ads is one component of what your strategy talks about, right? How are you complementing those ads to in order to help make sure that you're reinforcing that that message of trustworthiness and quality and value to your potential buyers, you know, whether, you know, you're looking to engage with a thousand people or a hundred thousand people or a hundred million people, it doesn't make a difference, right? The, 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 there's gotta be a certain level of trust that people are willing, especially now, right? Especially at a time when mm-hmm. businesses are, are, are slower, people are out of the job. Um, but yet, commerce still has to go on. People still need to buy things. Um, 
And so, you know, and people still need your services, you know, depending on what, on what you might provide. Um, and so the bigger question always comes down to is how are you telling your audience that you provide value, that you provide honesty, that you provide all the things that they need in order for them to feel confident that they're going to pay for your service or product at this time. And so, you know, and so just doing that one thing, like of like that one ad campaign, it's that, that that's not going to be your success breaker, right? Yeah, you mm -hmm. might get you might get clicks, you might get some leads out of it. But when you really evaluate the quality of the of of leads that come through without any additional reinforcement of what your brand's about and what your brand, you know, will do for you, your your lead those leads might look good on paper because look at us we got you know a hundred thousand leads coming through but at the end of the day like and you only maybe sold one or two of your of your of your product you know that's that's a clear representation of something is not working well um, and so telling that story on whatever medium you're 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 confident with in whatever way you want to represent and, you know, however you want to, you know, however you want to, um, you know, articulate it in a way that makes sense. That's how, that's how you're going to bring everyone in. That's how brands, businesses, and even stories, you know, need to need to be presented in order to get people to say, okay, let me continue going on. There's so much noise, so much noise that if you don't appreciate your own value and the value of your customers, you're just going to be another guy standing on a box shouting, um, you know, on the street. Couldn't agree more, especially as we go on, you know, when the, when the pandemic eventually, eventually does end, there's the businesses will increase businesses are, there's probably the largest number of entities ever in the world regard, even though there's massive corporations and conglomerates and, yeah. and it's, it's the same with media products and, and television films, the more there is, the you know you have to have a a message that resonates with otherwise it's just going to blur and and you, like you say that standing on a box um, analogy yeah. you're just going to be left wrong. up to dry and don't get me wrong this is an amazing time to explore and experiment on social channels on all kinds of digital media you know online offline whatever this is the time to do it but what i would encourage you to do is don't just be another guy shouting on the street corner really put effort and thought into what your value is that you're providing and what is the value on the flip side? Because a lot of businesses think that their customers are stupid, um, but they're not. Customers are smart and they think and they talk. And if you, if you do not appreciate their contribution to your business or brand, then you're not going to get them on board and you're just going to sink and not, and not get to the places that you want to get to. Mm -hmm. That's couldn't, couldn't agree more. It's, 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 it's difficult at the moment as well. And kind of working out what taking the time to work out what actually is and isn't re relevant to do. I mean, what you and I are discussing now is important, but then another brand might think that their podcast is, you know, and there's so many different things. And I think it's kind of, a bit overwhelming at times. I mean, when no businesses are slowing down in terms of output, and yet there's still so much going on. I, I likened it to myself that we've just moved out of a building. I, I generally don't see my workload decreasing. 
um, it's, it's kind of just like the world around me is crumbling and I'm just carrying on. Uh, I, I don't know about yourself, but it, it's uh, it's crazy how, how things can, can maintain in terms of producing content, writing and telling a story yeah. while other people's stories are, are ending and, and sadly and, and falling apart. Yeah. Yeah. This is, there is, yeah, a hundred percent. I totally agree with that. Um, and more and more as people try to take the field, what I would recommend to them is don't just talk for the sake of talking. Think about what you're doing. What is the value that you want to bring and what is the value that people can receive from you and how are you doing it in a way that's true to you? You know what I mean? And so, and if you're able to do that and you're, and you find your voice and don't kid yourself, it's not so easy to find your voice. Some people are like, yeah, I'll just, you know, oh, look at me. Why, do, why wouldn't anyone want to listen to what I have to say? Because you're boring. That's why, you know, <laughs> like, you know, yeah. you know, you don't talk about, you know, <laughs> you know, if they want, to, <laughs> if they want to be heard that, if they want to be heard that much, they can stand in a room by themselves. That's yeah, what my mom go. used to say, <laughs> you know? And so, you know, and so, if you're, you know, anyone could make noise, anyone can, um, you know, but when you're, when you put mindfulness into what's going on and you're really able to find that voice and hone in on the pieces that, you know, that are meaningful and full of value, people will pay attention to that value and they'll want to hear it again and again. I think one thing, Aaron, that, that you, you and I kind of try and embody in our, in our work is, is, is passion. Now, if you told me when I was leaving university training as a writer that I'd be writing about innovation and branding and, and, and changes in technologies, I'd be like, okay, no, I wanted to write about football or, or, or soccer. I, um, I wanted to write about politics. And, and now I, I, I found myself, you know, fresh every day wanting to, to, to have a passion, uh, to have a, I have a passion now to, to write about what I do write about. And I know that you are an extremely passionate guy, no matter whatever it is you're doing, like, I think the importance of passion can't be understated. And if you're not telling a story you're passionate about, I think you really need to reevaluate the actual story you're telling and, and kind of flip it and say, okay, if I'm passionate about this, this I'm going to be more inclined to work on it, to write about it, to create, create content about it. Um, and I think that really helps. It helps because it, it, you're in a working environment where yes, you have to turn up every single day, to, to to make money to survive and if you're writing about something that you're passionate about you're gonna want to keep coming back regardless of hours regardless of what you've got to do i think that's right. passion is, is is probably one of the key things i have a philosophy that i live by um mm -hmm. and i made signs of it and i put it up everywhere is um if you're going to speak speak with passion in other words not everyone needs to get to the podium and talk but mm -hmm. if you're going to speak, speak with passion, because when you when you do, you not only inspire yourself, but you bring to life all the possibilities for anyone who's listening to you to join in on what it is that you want to be that you know that you want to be sharing um, at that moment. So, um, I yeah, totally agree. Uh, I, you know, look, you know, I. I can't help it. I, I'm a passionate guy. I like, you know, like I put, I put myself into my work, but I think that it's that passion that, um, that I, that I, I'm able to celebrate success and I'm able to celebrate 
mindfulness and I'm able to celebrate hardship with people in order to be able to, uh, to learn and to then apply, uh, you know, whatever you need to apply to help your people that you're working with be successful. Um, and people are attracted to that. And I, I'm a big believer of that. And I hope that you and I and anyone who might be listening to, you know, to us talking here, um, you know, is able to internalize that as well and be like, yeah, you know what? Passion's cool. Let's do it. <laughs> you know? I feel that it's not just something you told me to do over a beer and a London pint last year it is something that i try and embody because at the end of the day you're not going to get anything done if you don't have love for your work you you, you can't be a monday you got to be a happy monday person or tuesday right. or whenever it is you start in the week um yeah <laughs> uh, I, I was just conscious my microphone fell down during <laughs> during all yeah. that so i didn't want that to take it away away from it um yeah all right awesome ben I really appreciate you taking the time to come speak with me here. Um, you know, it is always a pleasure to to catch up and to chat and just to learn from you about what's going on, you know, and how you're constantly um, um, innovating and putting um, effort into all the things that you do into your your work and your writing. Um, you know, ever since we met, I've been following your you know your stuff, and I continue to read it and I look forward to continuing to read it as you continue to, you know, to put all that stuff um, out there. And, that, mean, um, that means a lot. We, we, we um, IPM are launching a podcast so you can listen to me in your ear holes for as long <laughs> as you want um, <laughs> rather than having to read. Um, but, uh, you'll probably get sick of it. Um, I must admit, but, uh, but yeah, it, it honestly, okay. Aaron, when you, when you messaged me about this and I was like, okay, great. I haven't seen Aaron in over a year. I guarantee you he's still the same exact guy, <laughs> still full of life. No matter, the world is falling apart around us. Nothing has changed, and that is the way it should be. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you, Aaron. Likewise, I look forward to sharing a, a beer or a pint, however you call it. Uh, I'm not drinking anymore, so we'll have a pint of – I'll have a non-alcoholic pint. We'll We'll, we'll, we'll have, have a we'll tea. Have tea and we'll, ale. <laughs> I, did, I did. I did promise to come over to Israel. So when this is over, I should go on that first plane. Let's do it. I'll, I'll save you a seat. <laughs> All the best. See you soon. Pleasure talking to you, Ben.